appreciate you guys coming onto the podcast midfield from uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, it, dude, it, honestly, the SmackDown of the century is the single that I caught on to recently, and it's a complete banger. Um, produced by Jeff McKinnon. Uh, I, dude, I, I'm not well known of the guy, but if this is from what you were telling me earlier, this is the guy that's done all of your music. So for him to have like an incredible, you know, local way of going about that trust factor of um, having that well-rounded producer in your back pocket every time you want to record a new single, that's fantastic. How did that relationship build? Because you see the progression in all the singles that you release and all the music that you release, and just the quality gets a little bit better. So like, how did him and Midfield really make that relationship from the start? Uh, for me personally, I knew Jeff since I was in like college. Um, <laughs> me and Matt were in a band and he, he was just getting started. So he was friends with the drummer in that band and we got like, you know, one of those early rates from an audio engineer that just wants to start out and just wants to try and mix something. Um, so literally the first time that I've ever recorded music was with Jeff back nice. in college and we've. I've just never strayed anywhere else because he's just gotten better throughout the years. There's, I mean, we've always had a confidence on our, on our sound production over everything with something that I put out in that band, something we put out in midfield. It's always been really solid work from Jeff and, uh, he's just our guy. He's located well, in the Philadelphia area. Recording with Jeff is always like a pleasant experience too. Oh yeah. It's like super easy, easy going, like really easy to like track there. I mean, he makes it, really easy it was our sound so it makes it that much easier yeah just he's just a really like easy person to work with he's just like real down to earth and he knows what he's doing too like he he just naturally knows without even really thinking like what to add to a song to make it that much better and he's just like it's just really easy like the whole process is easy when he's involved so you trust Jeff with like a maybe a six honorary member with producing and kind of structuring the music? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's a significant trust factor because like I, I, say- I, I need I I would need that personally. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. not more so like dictated with the music in itself, but like just guidance in general. Like that's yeah. pretty sick. Like and new stuff on us too. Like we I went. I'm sorry, Ty. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to give Evan a shout out too, because Evan has added a lot of input as well. Yeah. Evan is like Jeff's kind of sidekick. Um, and he, you know, has added, written a bunch of small little parts to, you know, elevate a song and whatever else. So Jeff and Evan are like members seven and six and seven, I would say. Fuck yeah. That's yeah, they're tight. All- it's very rare to find that. I mean, I, I, I tried preaching that. Um, when I was in and when I was you know moving through bands throughout the years, like I did the metalcore stuff, I did the pop punk stuff, um, and I tried to convince them we need to find a producer who can be that extra member, but also have that uh, like th- have them be underground like us for the fact of the um, the same drive and passion is there, such as paying like I don't know like if I want to take ten songs and I have to pay like. Oh man, let me think of a number like seven, eight grand, or even an EP, like five songs. You have to pay like eight grand for a professional producer. Like, are they going to care as much with the music as, you know, the very well-rounded quality, 
you know, producer that hasn't made their next step yet because we've all been there. We've all been the underground. I mean, I, I see midfield as starting to finally break through the glass ceiling, thankfully. I just, I just, and I'm, <laughs> I, I, I do, I'm, I'm like one of those dudes that's just like all caps, yo. Why the fuck are we not talking about this band right now? Like this is bullshit, dude. Like in the pop punk networking group, like love that whole group in itself. I'm like, yo, or the Easy Core group. I'm like, can we talk about this, please? Like, if we want the genre to be very relevant still, let's let's take a listen to some of the good stuff. But I- I'm just glad that you have that relationship um, with Jesh, Jeff, um, not related to Jeremy McKinnon, no relation. So it's like, um, so. Like what? What? What's next for the band? I mean, it's it's a shame that the whole like situation with the global pandemic is putting everything to a complete stop. Um, when you release that single for um, midfield for SmackDown of the Century, did it kind of like halt a lot of things that you had planned moving forward with the release of that single? Yeah, I mean, it was tough to. Um... It's just tough to push anything after that because it's supposed to be driven by. Then you go and tour. Then you go play shows. Then you go, you know, make merch. You do, you do things that you can only really do in person. Not that merch is one of them, but it's just like things to interact with people uh, in person. Um, so yeah, the the pandemic definitely halted a lot. Um, you know, with what we wanted to do uh, show wise, because we also had a song "Nothing Changes" that came out in March, like really early in pandemic that we weren't able to do too much with. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it skewed how we shot the music video for SmackDown. Um, you know, if you go back and watch, everyone's on a, like a Zoom call laptop thing watching the wrestling show. And we kind of played into, you know, this is, we kind of played into the world of the pandemic a little bit there. Yeah, um, that's a nice like wink to it, yeah. That yeah, worked not, out for us though, because then we didn't have to bring in a bunch of real people to the video shoot. Right. Of- process easier yeah. I, I didn't want anybody seeing me in that onesie <laughs> so <laughs> until it hits the internet then everybody will see it you know what I mean? yeah there we go That's yeah we got to we got to get a bunch of people who like legitimately wanted to be in the video cheering in the video and stuff like that like those are we put out something on our facebook just saying like if you want to be in the video just send us this my that mom's in it <laughs> my mom shout out to my mom and bill and What's alex that, thanks for being in the uh video when I saw that video too, I saw someone with a flyer jersey. I'm like, shut the fuck up, they're from Philly. Let me see. And I went straight to Facebook. I was like, yes, we need more representation of the fucking local scene from Philly because I'm like out of the suburbs in Philly, so it's like we're all we're all not too far from each other. Um, maybe maybe you'll take the Wonder Years throne. We'll see. <laughs> like impossible. Yeah, I was yeah, gonna I say. <laughs> <laughs> All over there, Those are some sad shoes to film. Yeah, friend. it really is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the original sad boy of Philadelphia, man. Whew. I mean, let me tell you. Um, oh, that's just so cool, though. So everybody's like relatively close to one another. So to write and get together for rehearsal is convenient. Or how do you guys go about that process now that we're in a pandemic? It's been a. Uh, it's been a little less getting together to rehearse i mean we just started like what yesterday again for the first yeah. time in a while yeah we haven't played together in a long time before yeah not all not all five of us um three of us but there's three of us yesterday yeah uh was... we're relatively close uh pj west and matt are all out in phoenixville tyler's up in dublin and i'm okay. down in north northeast philadelphia so max is maybe 45 minutes apart from each other and we all meet 
in Warminster, which is where Ty works, um, in the back of uh, his work to practice. So I don't know what the commute's like for everyone else, but for me, it's it's fine. Uh, but the pandemic definitely knocked us out of being able to practice all together as much as we usually do, which was like once a week. Right. Yeah, I feel you know because the pandemic knocked us out. So like basically we had two shows coming up prior to the pandemic in studio doing singles, yada, yada, yada. Because, you know, that's the thing to do now. You do the singles. I mean, the industry changes yeah. every single fucking day. So I remember fucking um, before even Spotify was such a relevance to how to get on uh, tour packages. They were like, oh, you just need, you know, a lot of engagement on social media. Cool. Oh no, it's different now. Now you actually have to have a really good Spotify like listing like of plays and stuff. Like, oh, like, and that changed within like a year and shit. <laughs> but that put us because I remember we were supposed to go in the studio. The pandemic hit, and Jersey was very strict because it's like right next to New York, obviously. So it's like, you know, we couldn't do anything. So that really put us on a hold too. So it's like, it's just bullshit. Because Australia, they're they're doing their shit now. They're they're back to mm-hmm. some normalcy. I. I think it's limited cap space for the shows and whatever they do entertainment or art wise, but at least they're opening up. Fuck. Yeah. I'm so, I'm so dying to play a show. I think I like I would play a show in like my grandma's basement if <laughs> to like only my grandma <laughs> if it was an opportunity to play a show. I'm like so right. over it. I fucking I I do I totally feel that. That's and my grandma would go hard too. <laughs> <laughs> His grandma's a menace in the pit. Shout, <laughs> sh- shout out to my mom. <laughs> uh, I'm like kind of like looking over the music video now. It's just it's it's so crisp, it's so clean. Someone said when I posted that in a in a group chat on Facebook, like they remind me of Carousel Kings. I'm like, you're thinking of the boxing ring. That's the only reason why you think of Carousel Kings. But I see the relation. I kind of see it. I think Carousel Kings has more of that easy core sound to it, but. Y'all just have that thick, juicy fucking tone. I don't know how you do it, but told you, it's working. <laughs> lots right. of um, lots big, of layering. But it's, layering. It's, it's, <laughs> good, thick. I never, I never realized how many guitars pop punk actually had until I went and recorded with Jeff for the first time. <laughs> yeah, but I like, laid down my leads and. Do the one chord. Right now, what about this? Like, what, like, like, what else you got? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't, I don't have anything. <laughs> and he's like, what if you do something like this? And I didn't realize that there was that much like depth to like a big chorus. Right. Oh, dude, and, it just, it just hits different. It really yeah, does. It makes a world of difference, and that's like for the backing track stuff. <clears throat> it, it just. It changes the whole song. Yeah, and one thing Jeff I notice is really good at, and he does this a lot, is like um, blending vocal harmonies in the chorus in order to just really drive the sound and make it like really big and kind of elevate it. I mean, if you listen to most of our songs, the choruses have like kind of like a ah, something like that going on, like with layered harmonies underneath everything, mm-hmm. and it just makes everything sound huge. He kind of reminds me of Terrell Larson's, um, the way he goes about his music and recording. It's very full. It's very, it's very bright. Um, Some of Terrell's drum samples on one of the recordings. What? 
It's Taylor Larson's kits. It's Taylor Larson's samples. I think one of them, I think either like a snare or a kick or both we used on one of the songs. Yeah, that makes sense. Because Taylor Larson, I think, was one of the ones that really evolved that sound. Because Joey Sturgis was really stuck into the, like, the whole metalcore situation. Taylor was doing both, but both post-hardcore. I mean, I think the only... Re- like, when I first heard of Taylor Larson, like, Life on Repeat... Exactly. Uh, ...was like, that album. You know what I'm saying, dude? That album fucking hit so that hard, which... It's honestly so good. And then they tried to make music after that, and I wasn't feeling it. But Struggle and Sleep fucking ripped. Struggle and Sleep ripped. I forgot they tried making new music after that. I just know the reason why they broke up is because they were going back to college or some shit. Like, like, kudos to you. That's cool as fuck. But damn, like, they were fucking... They were a band that needed to be bigger than what they really were. Like, that shit just blew my mind. Yeah, nothing happened with them at all. So it's, like, kind of a shame because that album is perfect. Yeah, dude, there's a there's a YouTube video still out there. Uh, they're a chain reaction, bro. The crowd is doing nothing. I'm like, oh, I want to punch all of you in the fucking face. Like, this is so good. Like, move, do something. That's like, um, um, Dayseeker. There's a video that Caliber TV did with Sleep talking. Nobody's really doing anything. I'm like, how are you not fucking freaking out to this? I don't know. It's just gotta That's- be the vibe of the venue. Dude, my buddy, my buddy Aaron just got me into Dayseeker, and they are. They're really something. <laughs> Who's the vocal? I have to Google that real quick. Who is the vocalist from? He's from. So is he from Dayshell? I think. The vocalist from Dayshell, the old singer of of Mice and Men. Oh, that's right. No, Bailey. Yeah. Who was the, the bassist? So the guy who played bass wasn't he a singer? I think he played bass. Yeah. Mice and Men. I don't know. He did the cleans like on Second and Sebring and all that. On what that album. Great album i mean i never like dug his scream too much but i really like shaley's voice so when dayshell started making music obviously like followed dayshell but like they're like not like too hyped now yeah sleep talk is really that was like the one that was like the one tech talk that people appreciate like oh they're so underrated i'm like yeah they actually really are like what the fuck like i never thought of it like in that sense like of how underrated they are and then people just like roast the crowd at that show from Caliber TV, and you're like, "It's your fucking move." I'm like, "Oh, that makes <laughs> sense." No, but in a sense, dude, like, um, yeah, d- I could definitely tell from Jeff's. I could definitely tell from Jeff's sound. He just like has that full production that he's like ready to go. Because I, I'm looking at his catalog right now. And I, unfortunately, I don't recognize a lot of these bands besides obviously Midfield. But the dude's really special. And Jeff, if you're listening or you're watching, dude, like, I appreciate your work, and I'm really looking forward to what you have coming up, because, like... He's um, producing varials now. Yeah, yeah. He oh, really, shit. Really studio. He, he, like, posted, like, a studio update with all them. That's, like, like my dude Bruce. Yeah, he produced our uh, album. Now he's doing bigger and better things in Cali. Now he's doing uh, Scott's... Scott, what's that? Scott Sire? He's, like, one of those influencers. <laughs> That's like friends with David Dobeck or some shit. He's killing it, dude. Like, I'm like, I oh, Scotty Sire, huh? Scotty Sire. Yeah, he's he's, he's, he's producing recording him, him now. Yeah, he's producing him now for Fearless. Yeah, he does a lot though. <laughs> I just missed him. I want him to come back to Philly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I try to tempt him with Wawa all the time. Like, bro, if I if I get you like a year supply of Wawa hoagies, like, can you fucking come out here and do an album for me? Thanks, bro. Appreciate you. Love you. <laughs> it's not enough. It's not enough. He's too big now. 
It's too fucking big. Um, what's it called? So, I mean, is that is? Do you think you're gonna keep releasing singles? Because I I know in the industry now that um that's the one thing that um people are more interested in besides you know EPs or full length albums. Is there is there anything that um you might possibly be working on that could um give us like a wink at or like a like a hint at? Because I mean, regardless, whatever you release is gonna be fucking sick. So it's just like it's just something that I am personally interested in. Like, what do you think the next step is for music wise? Or is that not even a thought yet? Uh, as much as we like riding the singles train, uh, we, it, it makes sense right now for how the industry kind of works and how you kind of have to keep putting out content to maintain relevance. But we are working on a, uh, an EP coming out soon. It will still have a single off of that, but, okay. um, yeah, we do. We we are working on an EP right now, at the very least. Technically, it's almost done. Yeah, that's why that's why Matt can't be here at the moment. <clears throat> yeah, Matt Matt's recording some of his vocals right now. Secrets out. <laughs> um, are you are you are, is anybody a fan of features? How do you how do you feel about that? Do you feel like here here's my thought on it? Do you or here's my take on it or my question? Do you think that it's more? Um, it's it's more of a common practice to have a, a vocalist feature that's like thoroughly interested in the music, or do you think it's kind of a good idea to go out and get um, like a, a a feature vocalist and pay for that? Say like um, I don't know. Say say mid feels like oh you know what we're gonna reach out to um, Soupy from like the Wonder Years for a feature like. Do you think like that would be into consideration with upcoming music, or how do you guys feel about that in general? Uh, if we could afford it, that'd be sick. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. But no, like yeah, if we if someone just fucking paid for it, absolutely all day long, and he probably would do it too. So to 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 add to your question, like if like if Soupy was singing on a midfield song. I would hope that he would be interested in the song too. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> like I would hope that he would like get I into the song, song and like feel it a little bit, you know, and not just be like, <sighs> okay. <laughs> and I don't think he yeah. would. Like he seems like a dude that just love loves music, but like that would be kind of a letdown, right? Like if, it was, <laughs> but I don't see that being a thing. But you know, yeah. you would hope. I just think it goes both ways, though, because I've experienced it both. Um, I don't think it's a bad idea to hire a vocalist. I mean, whether they're interested or not to be a feature, because obviously it puts money in their pockets, you know, da da da, and you know, it, it, it's a it's a great thing to put out there on the internet, like featuring, um, you know, Soupy or whatever. Um, like I've personally experienced it one because I tried out for this band. I think they were from Oklahoma. They were called Ireland. They weren't bad. They were pretty good. Um, but long story short, they had Johnny Craig featuring. Fuck that guy and who else kellen quinn but they told me when i met them for like a tryout that they had um i went to baltimore i went to paul levitt studio in baltimore and uh they're like i was like how much you pay for that and they're like oh, a couple thousand I was like god damn it and like they only had like i think um 45 seconds not even per <laughs> per song so i don't know they just went on and i was like whatever whatever make you know whatever works but the song sounded great i just don't think they I don't. I don't know. I would. I would have to ask if I ever talked to Kellen Quinn, obviously personally. I'd be like, "How do you feel about? How do you feel about going on? You know, these tracks. Do you have to feel the song first before you say yeah? I'm sure he does, but I'm just curious because I've never had that conversation with a uh, featured vocalist. Um, so I, I was just, I was just curious to see if we can 
Also, I'm trying to see if I can get any like names spelled out between the four of you, which didn't happen. So, <sighs> well, huge uh, fucking after. I we, think Matt was asked to feature on a rap song. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's in the ballpark of the conversation i just wanted to get that out there so i think your midfield matt laying down some some midfield. verses definitely check that out we, um, should we say that we are this ep that we're working on um it's not a featured vocalist there's no featured vocalist involved but um we are working with somebody that's pretty cool Probably. and i'll just leave it at that but um that it's there's a collaboration involved that is uh, pretty exciting for us, and we hope that it's exciting for others as well. Yeah, I'm not going to play 20 questions, but let me ask this question. Was this cool person on Warp Tour at all at one point? Like most of them recently. Sick. All right, that's all we need to know. All right, so now <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> So someone's definitely going to – if you want to start doing, you know, your little hunting, whoever's listening or watching, like you can start, you know, digging and see, like – you can go through um, what's the website? I think it's like Warp Tour Wiki. Just start start going from like 2010 to 2018. Just see who you think it is. Let's start like a Reddit a Reddit thread with like midfield conspiracy theories on who the. <laughs> there were probably 2007 or 2008 Warp Tour as well. Gonna go ahead and guess. I can guess someone from All Time Low. Pierce the Veil, Polar Bear Club? No, it wouldn't be Polar Bear Club. Let's see. Yeah, uh, club. Man Overboard? God, where are they? I miss them. Holy shit. We're doing oh, we're, isn't... we're doing an album with Ryan Dawson from All Time Low's Dog. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler so, alert. Should be great. <laughs> What's the dog's name again? I forget. Okay. <laughs> I think it's like Diesel or something. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks. We forget the name of the person who's featured. Or the... Yeah, it's too it's too bad that we can't remember the name of the guy that we're working with. No, nah, that's that's really fucking weird and I don't know if that's short term memory loss or what, but I mean I'm sure Matt will tell you. Matt will you know, when he gets back from recording and shit, that'd be a good idea. Also with someone from Newfound Glory, We the Kings, man, there's a lot of pop punk I think pop punk started involving itself around like I wanna say Emo walked into Warp Tour around two thousand five. I wanna say pop punk was probably before that, because like some forty one and, yeah, I mean, some yeah. people might argue that pop punk goes back to like the seventies, but uh, pop yeah. punk now anyway. Idiot. Older than that. Idiot. Was it Green Day <laughs> who was like pissed that they were considered pop punk? I don't know. Probably that sounds like a Green Day thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> they evolved into pop punk for sure, but I mean, like, Dookie, Dookie was like you know, in your face punk. Those dudes have been doing it for so fucking long too but it, bands evolved too and stuff like the oh, who just evolved that like i think someone was like not a fan of of like i was reading i read comments all the time i'm just like oh like how do you have this opinion someone didn't like paramore's like new music i'm like dude everything they release is great so whatever bro even green day got hate and like the you know when they started getting big mainstream wise like they got hate from their hometown for being too mainstream so like there's always going to be haters yeah, you just can't please everybody. Like, American Idiot was definitely, you know, I hate to say this, but a classic to pop punk. But it, you know, I think you know, those trades was when people started kind of getting away from them a little bit. But, you know, it is what it is. People people don't like bands evolving and changing their sound. Like, look at Bring Me the Horizon. Like, that's an example where 
they just don't give a fuck. And honestly, Ollie's saving a lot on his like wear and tear for his voice. So, and I think their new music is incredible. So, yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, whatever. Um, how how did it, how did the band like come together? Um, in general, like you don't have to start from the very beginning, but was it a lot of like, um, I know this person from this band, and maybe you pull them from that band. Like, 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 like if Kurt's like playing in another band, you just pull him from your old band. Cause that's how usually it works in New Jersey. Like everybody plays with everybody and then you kind of steal other members. That's how I stole my vocalist. (laughs) Actually that happened the other way. He stole me. I'm a liar. Uh, the express route is me and Matt and then PJ off Craigslist and then Wes via PJ and then Tyler via Jeff. Yeah. Well, not even via Jeff, via Dave, but. But I knew Dave through Jeff, so. Oh, okay. So how did you, Tyler? What were you? What band were you in? And like, what were you? Um, I was pursuing at the time. Drive playing guitar, and I hadn't played drums for like five or six years or something. I don't know. It was a long time because I I moved out and I like had my drums at my work, mm-hmm. and they just sat there on a pallet. And I never played them. So Dave asked me to join, and then I just like practiced all the songs, and then I met. Pretty much everybody besides Kurt, and then I met Wes once before. But when we filmed False Start, the video, that's the day I met everybody. Pretty much. The first time we spent like uh, an extended period of time with Tyler was the False Start video shoot. It's all on camera. But we we kind of felt like I don't know about the rest of you guys, but I kind of felt like going into that video shoot, like I already knew Tyler. Like, yeah, like we 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 all like we get along so well that like, I just felt like this isn't like this new guy. Like it just felt like, yeah, this guy's in the band. Like it Instant just, best buds. it just felt very natural. Like from the beginning. So it was made to be. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I remember I, I was the first one to go and meet Ty. Cause I was trying to show him the songs, um, just to run through. And I pulled up to the back of his works warehouse. And I was like, that's weird. <laughs> he just opens the back door. He's like, "Hey, come in!" And it's just a warehouse. I'm like, "That's weird." And we go back to this empty warehouse, and it's just drums. And he's like, "Yeah, you can plug your amp right there." It's like, "All right." <laughs> we had the entire warehouse with nothing in it. Yeah, it's it not pretty sick. Or, but if you if you've seen our other videos, I think two of them are at my work, right? Or is it three? Deferred and false start. Yeah. Uh, deferred and false start. Yeah. Oh, Tyler, doing in warehouses and shit, dude. Come on, man. No, I'm just playing. I, I mean, I was, I mean, when I had to convince members to join my band, I would be like in my grandmother's garage, but you guys, we just really start a band. And I'm like trying to convince them so hard. I'm like, mm, this kid doesn't really have his shit together, but maybe we'll give him a shot. And it somehow worked out. Um, what's it called? But yeah, I mean, e- either way, I think this is a great relationship in general for the whole band itself. Um, I'm trying to like think that have you have you guys done much touring at all like no. have you had that to the west coast per se or midwest no, no? not yet no. we were planning uh we, we were starting to think about planning a tour for last summer we like kind of messed up up. with nude shoes and then i joined nude shoes so we could do the tour and then the tour got canceled because of because of covid yeah yeah and now I'm still in new shoes, so like here we go. <laughs> we definitely it, it's funny that you mentioned like the Midwest though, because um 
like we definitely want to go out to like Chicago and like out to, out to that area and you know I think that we want to do more touring um, but unfortunately COVID kind of threw a wrench in that whole plan. Mm-hmm. Even when it comes back, like what would it be? What would it even be like? I exactly. It, it's <laughs> you can't really answer that. Yeah. I think Chicago would be great. Have you ever heard? Have you guys ever heard of Abandoned by Bears from Sweden? Like band. I definitely think I saw that on Spotify. Yeah, they're like an easy core band from Sweden. Um, they played out in Chicago. They played with bunch of easy core bands and i can't remember all of them because most of them were underground um but they uh, chicago looks like it has a really good uh turnout for pop punk um or easy core in itself so i think going out to the midwest would definitely be great but i mean chicago is our number one city on spotify i'm just gonna say it so so go dude go so 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 I just want to say thank you chicago for turning up and uh we'll come see you soon I, i i promise the scene out there for pop punk is awesome. Yeah, I, 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 the only, I mean, when I was there, I was on black asphalt, so I don't really know the clubs or anything. So like, um, I, there, I, I just know there's a couple of places out there where they have really good turnouts, um, which I think would definitely be suitable for midfield itself. Um, is there any bands out there, uh, between any of you that you think is on the up and coming? Um, like in my opinion, I think midfield's on the up and coming. Do you think that you have any insight to other bands that are starting to really hit that glass ceiling and might break through soon? Uh, honestly, from what I've seen, uh, Glimmers, Maggie, who's all over the pop punk page. I don't know if you've seen her, but they are blowing up. Really? I'll Very much. Oh yeah. I feel yeah, like tension and oh, all their. They've been releasing new. I think they just put out another single. Like after releasing an out, like an EP, I think. But they're they're killing it right now. Yeah, I just screenshot their Spotify. Um, I think also, if you want another Philly native, you can check out Goalkeeper if you don't already know them because they're know definitely. That name. I oh know yeah, Goalkeeper. They're yeah. You should definitely check them out. I think they're probably. Right there, uh, like comparable other Philly band to us. They're good dudes. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, I'm just I'm watch. I'm like watching out for new pop punk bands. Like I recently, I known Action Adventure for a while. Um, I, I, I oh, dude, they've been so good. I've known them since like 2017, um, and they came up on my for you page, and they had like like 500,000 likes. I was like, oh my God, they're getting fucking attention. Let's go. And then eventually hit to a minute. I was like, thank God. Then they followed it up. Like, uh, what did they say in the comments section? They were like, um, some people in the comments section were like, this, in, this song or th- th- yeah, this song sounds like an anime intro. I'm like, and then they on, t- you know, they doubled down and they released an action adventure anime, like long sleeve. I'm like, you fucking geniuses. Like, come on. Man. Like, I love that um, shit. I, I, I'm not a hundred percent. I think Jeff has worked with Brooklyn. Does that sound right to anybody else? Yes. Yeah. They they look like they're doing pretty good too. If you go and check out their Spotify, I definitely heard them. Yeah, it's just really hard. It's especially with like the touring being non-existent. We're all trying to find new ways to 
I guess promote ourselves in a way, but um, I, I, it's it's either the live streaming, which even for the bigger bands, it's like how often can you do that? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. once a month, maybe if you're lucky, or the driving shows. And a lot, and now everybody. I mean, I, I think I'm late to the TikTok game, but I think everybody's starting to utilize TikTok to try to grab the attention. Um, because that's how I knew about Action Adventure. That's how I found out about, or that's not how I found out about Action Adventure. That's how I found out about um, Hot Mulligan. I think it is. Mm-hmm. I love Hot Mulligan. Yeah. I found out about Hot Mulligan, and then who else did I find out about? Um, let me see. And Magnolia Park. So it's like, you know, it's just like you gotta try to find new, you know, innovative ways to get yourselves out there. So it's it's good that everybody's starting to capitalize one way or another, um, regardless. Um, I has, think it's has, a thing in a way. I'm sorry, I didn't. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, I just wanted... we're on Skype, dude. That's why I'm trying to do this in person one day. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> I just wanted to. I just wanted to add that, like, I think. I think it's kind of a good thing that um, like the pandemic has kind of forced everyone to find new ways to promote themselves because I feel like it's really easy to kind of rest in your laurels as far as promotion goes um, with social media and all that kind of stuff. And it's kind of forced everyone to get creative with promoting themselves and finding new ways to do that. So I think that's kind of a good thing in a way because it's a challenge, but it, it allows you to, to kind of find new, a new medium to promote and any kind of promotion is good promotion. So that's, that I feel like is like a a good aspect of the whole thing. Yeah. You're a hundred percent right. I mean, we're evolving, you know, in general. So it's like, we're going to have to find new ways to do that. No, I totally feel you. Cause, and then because some people like just don't capitalize on it or they just they just can't has midfield ever like thought about getting it because everything's diy with midfield which is why i appreciate you guys also um is is has management do you have management is that a thought is labels a thought how do you feel about that coming into the picture as well moving forward with new music and such definitely open to to labels and stuff i think we we, we like kind of had management not like contractually um but we have had people help like when we pushed happy thoughts when we released that we definitely had like help and um what's the word advice and we're like kind of shown how to use social media to um you know push the songs and push the content um but we've never had like paid management um because i mean i I don't it's it's expensive honestly like Mm -hmm. yeah well uh, for management just be careful because like you're not really supposed to pay management um depending mm -hmm. on if you have the connections like we paid our management uh we don't have them anymore which was actually very useful for us um however for others i don't think it was because maybe they weren't ready um but i mean then i talked to my label guy and he's like, you're not really supposed to like pay management, but he's doing some good shit for you. I'm like, yeah. I was like, that's why I gave them the benefit of the doubt. But <laughs> other than that, like, you just you just gotta be careful because they're gonna say all this shit, and like sometimes it doesn't come out to fruition. Um, 
No, I'm just curious because, like, I just think that, like, someone hopefully could give you something, like, well-rounded in an offer to do that. But I don't know if it's now or in the future because it seems like, like, like per, I think perfect example is, like, Meet Me at the Ultra that got signed to, uh, with, it, I think it was either Fueled by Ramen or Hopeless, but, like, it was so sick. And I was like, damn, this band's fucking good. And I was like, damn, the pandemic hits. And now they're trying to, like, because they were probably going to do all these tours and go on these tour packages. And now it's, like come to a halt so they're they're also involved on all social medias and they're making creative ways which is fucking sick because they're so good at what they do um but nobody expected that nobody expected a global pandemic to completely stop us at a halt like what the fuck like my chemical romance said they were gonna i think their tour is rescheduled for 2021 for the fall but i don't think that's gonna happen either i really don't the very (laughs) last show we played um i'm sure somebody else has a better story than this but the very last show we played before the pandemic, um, we all went to Smashburger like 30 minutes before <laughs> set, and uh, I had been drinking since like three in that three o'clock that afternoon. So I'd been drinking for like a solid six hours, and then we went to Smashburger. Um, so we got back to the venue like literally five minutes before we were ready to go on stage, and uh, I didn't feel so good from the Smashburger and all the beer. Um, <laughs> Dang. So I, I walked directly to the bathroom, vomited in the sink because someone was using the toilet. And mind you, this is a single bathroom, not not a stall bathroom. <laughs> single bathroom. There's just a dude taking a piss in this in the toilet, and I just walk in right behind him and start vomiting. From the <laughs> and uh, he kind of turns over his shoulder and he's like, "Hey, dude, you all right?" And I was like, I kind of just gave him a thumbs up. And. Uh, you know, I I wiped myself and uh, I was like, "All right, fuckers, let's play a show." <laughs> that, was, that was definitely a highlight for me. It felt pretty punk rock. Uh, that show was a nightmare. It really it? was. Yeah, yeah. Ty, Ty. I actually thought Ty was gonna die at <laughs> certain points. Yeah, we were all kind of feeling it that night. Yeah, <laughs> that was, was like, that was like right on the, the like literally like it was like a month later that everything went into lockdown and so and like everybody was like knew about it and. So, <laughs> Matt was, got sick, Wes got sick, Ty got yeah. sick, me and PJ are just standing there looking at each other because we don't yep. know how to play, um, <laughs> what was that song we covered? Oh, Dashboard Confessional. Oh, we yeah. forgot. I we completely forgot, like, on, we forgot how to play that on the spot. <laughs> we're like, we're like midway through and I just look at PJ and he looks at me and we're both like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> we just let the crowd take it from there. Yeah, I, we're like, ah, just hopefully they're singing the lyrics. I think I played that song like total like three times like ever. Like we practiced it once before we played that emo night and then we played it and then like. <laughs> it's so easy to and like I just spaced. Yeah. It's funny because uh, I think that was my idea to play that song that night, and I was the one who vomited in the sink right before walking on stage, and I think I, I was the only person who didn't make a mistake on that song. Yeah. So Either way, I think Props you started a domino effect. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, throw up missing parts and shit. Dude, you play Emo Night. I'm curious, like, how, how cool are those Emo Nights? I've never been to one, and for them to bring bands in and play and shit, that's fucking cool. What was this? This in one Philly? was sick. Was yeah, it? this was an Xfinity yeah. Live. Okay. Yeah. We packed victory. Yeah, it was a lot. That was the most fun show. Yeah, emo fun. nights are a lot of fun. People I hear just... Brooklyn's a good time. I've never been to the Victory Brewing Company for that shit. Like, that sounds like a good time, though, honestly. It was amazing. They, they didn't expect us to fill it. So, like, the 
manager or whoever was like, all right, well, turn like turn all your stuff down. <laughs> like, OK, yeah, like the- through the set, you can only hear drums and barely vocals because there's 700 people in the room. Holy <laughs> shit. The, ma- the manager, we're doing sound check and like the manager walked out and told the sound guy to tell us to turn our amps down. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, my dude, you realize that like this this place is going to be packed out, right? He's like, nah, I don't think so. Like, we had a show last week. There's 50 people here. And I was like, we're, we're all like, okay, all right. like, we'll <laughs> turn our amps down. And then, yeah, the place was completely packed out. And, uh, well, the amps weren't loud enough. So <laughs> we never solved that problem, did we? It was just drums and vocals the whole time. It was just drums and vocals the whole time. We just had to guess what the song was. And then, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It worked out, though. Everybody had fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's like, uh, dude, so, like, we toured our first Weekender up in Canada, right? We were hosted by We Were Sharks. Love those dudes. That's awesome. Great pop-punk band, right? Mm-hmm. Before they got signed to Victory, before Lost Touch was released. Um, I think it was our second show, and we had, like, a four-piece show. And I'm like, dude, something smells like shit. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, that's so weird. So, all right, we already played our show. They're like, we're like co-headlining. So, like, the way they set it up was perfect. I'm not getting into detail, but um, so they play and stuff. The show's over, and I was like, "Yo, dude, great set!" Like, there was a good amount of people there, and they're like, "Dude, Will shit his pants." The drummer I was like, "What, like, bro? Will fucking shit his pants?" I was like, "I was like, to play." I was like, "Thank God he didn't use my throne." I'm like, "Wait, did he really?" He's like, "Oh, dude, he's like, there's shit all over the stage." I'm like, "Oh my, oh my God. God, he's in like the fucking tour van, like passed out, like." Bah. And they're just fucking <laughs> picking up, like, you fucking shit yourself, you piece of shit. <laughs> and then, we, <laughs> they're a fucking cool dude to the party with. They're cool. Dude, they, they stayed at my place. I let them stay at my place all the time when they come to the United States. And um, they were, we they witnessed the, the Eagles win the Super Bowl with me. I was like, you're going to witness the greatest fucking Super Bowl of time. Nice. Watch. Watch me. They taught me to play magic and shit. And like, dude, I was like, besides myself, I was like, let's go to fucking Philly. And my girlfriend at the time, she's like, no, we're not going to Philly. I was like, let's hop on a train. She's like, fuck no, sit the fuck down, dude. Ugh, wasted. Well, thanks for thanks for reminding me to bring like an entire case of Lysol spray to our next show. Yeah, because of the shit. <laughs> Wait, hold on, we got a shit story too. We do. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait, yeah. we do? I don't remember that. Okay, uh, I got it. I got Was it. Was it me? Did I shit myself? No, 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 no. No, no okay. we um right. we played the grape room. Um, wait, did you shit your pants? No, I did. I've never shit my pants. Cool. Even Lord as a baby, eleven, wow. I was potty trained directly from the womb. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. Um, no, no, we played um in Maniunk in um in Philly at this place called the Grape Room, and um was it like halfway through? Like, cause Ty's band at the time, Game Strive. This was before the sets. This was before oh, was anything. Before the sets. It was before literally anything. Yeah, uh, some some dude in a full like suit, like very out of place, just took a shit in the urinal in the guy's bathroom, which didn't have a door or an actual toilet. I don't this, remember this. This man was this man was an enigma. He's in a yes. full suit with a fedora. He's saying like, "Oh, I love to support local music. I just love to support local music." He's very sweaty. He's hitting on like every girl there. Like I remember Ty's wife and my fiance walked up. To me and they were like that guy was fucking weird he kept trying to talk to us then i guess like he struck out so like as as his vengeance he walks into the bathroom and shits in the urinal and bounces he was not there for when the sets like started 
Dude was fucking salty. Couldn't get a check. He's just trying to live. He's fucking teenage years, dude. Come on, man. Shit in the fucking urinal. Hey, if anybody wants to know what Philly's like, we we have people that shit in our urinals. Like that's basically what happens. True. I love it's the regular. big room. Uh, dude, oh, dude, I could. I think the only the venues I haven't been to Philly is TLA. I don't know. Shocker. Don't fucking judge me for it. Um and where else have not been? Where else have I not been? I've been to the Foundry. But I haven't been to the Fillmore. Like I've been upstairs, but not downstairs. So that's I think that's pretty much it. Other than that, I think I've hit every single venue in Philly, even underground. Philly is wild. I well, thought I hit every venue until I went to Warehouse on Watts last year to see Knucklepuck, and I had never even fucking heard of this Warehouse on Watts. It was like this little ass room. So I've was- never heard of that either. So I haven't been there either. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I've never been to the TLA or the Fillmore. Or the Foundry. So. The Fillmore's overrated. The Fillmore basically put, like, venues out of business. Like, the truck. Well, the truck was doing it to itself, but the truck yeah. basically. Yeah. Once the Fillmore came in, the truck was like. I love the film. It's nice. I've been to Underground Arts. Underground Arts is a cool venue. If it still exists. It, it does, does, I think. Does it? Yeah. It's still somehow alive. Uh, I was I really. There. That was I was six- worried about Voltage Lounge. I think Voltage Lounge is, like, hanging on by a thread right now. Yeah, which is annoying. Solid. I've seen plenty of bands play there. I haven't played there yet. I want to play there. Me too, dude. It's a yeah. sick venue. Like it really is. Um, yeah. dude. I mean, the Electric Factory is now the. Oh fuck! What is it called? It's, yeah, Frank, Franklin, Franklin Music, Music Hall. Hall? Yeah. yeah, bro. They put these like Pollyanna fucking like, or these these like these like paper fucking lights from the ceiling and they like called a new vent name and shit and signed that. I'm like this is Jeez. bullshit <laughs> it's the same thing <laughs> they're being like little TVs or something or like a projector on the top yeah. it's a sign they kindly said no moshing <laughs> and I remember looking up at them while everybody was moshing <laughs> for legal purposes <laughs> yep. dude once Kevin Lyman did that I think a lot of venues started adapting that process like cause that that one kid kind of got hurt in the pit and he's like nah I gotta fucking put this up because they're suing and they even say on the tickets it's like when you go to a, like a baseball oh, dude especially Philly sports like if you go to like a Philly sport like you go to, to the link or you go to Scissors Bank it says on the ticket like you you know you're taking a risk of possible injury like dude if you're in baseball like you might get hit by a foul ball you never fucking know so I don't fucking know uh, I caught the Wonder Years when they were doing um, the upsides I went out to Lancaster to see them and I can't remember the venue. It had a couple uh, balconies, like, around the uh, the stage. Chameleon Club? Yeah. Might have been the Chameleon Club. That's probably uh, what it was. We, played, we think... played at the Chameleon Club. Yeah. Yeah, I love that place. It just moved down the street somewhere. Mm. But, so, everyone's going crazy. Because I think it's, like, one of the second-to-last songs. I can't remember. Maybe it was Dynamite Shovel. I don't know the order they played these songs. But, basically there's a lot of pushing and shoving up towards the front of the stage. And all of a sudden you just see one of the feed, like the feedback speakers go down and you just see like blood fly up. It oh. landed on a kid. <laughs> Soupy goes, that's a lot of blood. And everyone in the band just runs off the stage um, and oh. the show was over. Oh my God. What the fuck? It was insane. And like, I, we did, we were just like, ah, I should probably leave. That's, that seems like something you don't want to stay around for. But yeah. that was that was a wild one year show. <laughs> that was like I heard. Um, I, I, I it was either Circus Survive or Four Year Strong. I can't remember. 
but they were at the first Unitarian, and it got so hot that like the sprinklers went off, and then oh, like, they played okay. an acoustic. Huh? I was there. Yeah. No shit. Were you really? Yeah. Well, yeah. Were you strong? I was like the first person to like run across the street to like go to that little park. Yeah. Yeah. And they did an acoustic set outside, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I bought the vinyl and got them to sign it. I was like super fucking stoked about it. But I was also like 12 years old. <laughs> was that sucker or was that four year? That was four years strong. That was four years strong. Yeah, I was supposed to go to that show because Bada Bing with a pipe like fucking was like huge, and I was like, oh, dude, I gotta go, but I just couldn't. I was I wasn't allowed to fucking do fucking concerts and shit when I was a kid. My first concert was like my parents took me when I was like thirteen. It was the Use MCR and Alkaline Trio, and then like I think I forget. Oh, dude, it was the perfect con- first concert for me. But after that, I was like. I gotta go to more shows. Like that's when I got into music. I was like, I want to be in a band, but my parents were like, uh, wait until you're like 17, 18. I'm like, come on, dude, what the fuck? And then I'm playing bars yeah. like in high school, skipping school like a fucking. <laughs> like that's a, a great. That, that's a great first concert though. Like I yeah. feel like a lot of kids' first concerts are like share. Or like, <laughs> like or Backstreet Boys or NSYNC. Mine was movies. the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, yeah let's go. I was like six. I had a Backstreet Boys show. I'm like, wow, that's loud. Then I went and threw up. They're just like, <laughs> they're just like struggling with their mom. My first concert was Pearl Jam, and um, I'll never forget it because Pearl Jam is one of my favorite bands. Um, but. Not a lot of people can say that they enjoyed their first concert. So that I think, true. yeah, I think like that's a good, it's a good thing. I think I went to, I think I'm pretty sure my first concert was with you and it was all time low. Really? And I'm pretty sure I still owe you money for it. Probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, PJ owes a lot of money. I'm pretty sure I still have. There's a, a notebook a, somewhere a with tab my tab you, on PJ's it. PJ's tab. Yeah. yeah. For when you were living with him. <laughs> oh yeah. I yeah. Did. I, that's right. Yeah, I slept on his couch. It's great. You slept on my mom's couch. Yes. Did some of the dishes, maybe, possibly. You did do some dishes. I did. Yeah. I cleaned his whole. I no, skipped you... school one day. <laughs> 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 I cleaned his entire kitchen. So his mom was a little upset that I didn't go to school, but I cleaned their kitchen. Yeah, She's dude, that's all that matters. You're a team player, bro. What do you mean? I, Fuck education. She, she tagged me in a status. I remember that. <laughs> just happened the other day. Just popped back up on there. <laughs> oh, for the memories, like four years ago. <laughs> I love that shit. Have, uh, do uh, the, the band should definitely play in Lancaster. That's also a great scene to play into. Now that I'm thinking about it, the Lizard Lounge. Yeah, yeah. That was the we, first show I played with Midfield. Was that? Uh, we, yeah, that was emo night. Oh, yeah, we, oh, yeah, we did a couple emo nights. Yeah, yeah. We played in Lancaster once or twice. It's definitely a cool town, and I would love to go back there. Um, Sheets, but you know, there's 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 COVID there, so yeah. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. Like oh, my my good. boss Jeremy Weiss of CI. So like basically, like they moved Chameleon because he promotes Chameleon shows. Um, I'll have to ask him what the what if, if the Lizard Lounge is still a thing. I don't know if it is, but um, yeah, he tried doing launch. Uh, before COVID hit, I think launches usually yeah. in May or June because we usually play every year. But long story short, I think he did it in like a baseball. It worked out pretty well. Um, they just had to do it in a baseball park with a lot of 
regulations. Like he was super on top of it and and just like the the abided by the CDC guidelines. He's so fucking good at what he does, and that's why it launched always a huge success. Like I think it was either it wasn't seventeen. It was definitely eighteen or not. No, it was definitely eighteen. Launch had an anniversary. I think it was either ten. I think it was ten. Like ABR was headlining. Dude, that fucking oh, damn that show was fucking huge. I didn't um, know CI Records was still a thing. Yeah, yeah, they are. They still Jeremy still works with Carousel. Um, Poeta, my band is still with CI. Um, we That's... had a lot of um, we had a lot of uh, behind the scenes stuff that we were trying to do, but then the pandemic hit and. You know, that, you know, just took a fall. But, yeah, he's very, very active with CI. Um, he, I don't, a lot of the bands that we came together with the package, it was, like, Home Sweet Home. Um, who else? I forget the other band. But then there was Centerfolds. And Centerfolds is a really, if anybody wants some good pop punk music, check out Centerfolds. They're they're not a band anymore. I think they broke up. But, um, man, they were so good. Um we came in as a package with management, and he got us some good shit. I mean, ba- I mean, like, I if it wasn't for CI, we wouldn't be on Warp Tour. I could fucking tell you that. Like, I drove be- once because I was like on the fucking hunt for these seven-inch vinyls of um, it's a Haste Today single. <sighs> yeah, sure. I'm talking about Travesty. So it's like the wolf head on the cover. So I bought like six of them, and I needed them like immediately. So I drove like two hours out there to get them. Yeah, he has a lot of like classic vinyl that's just like still in touch. He just repressed. That. I got it because then yeah. I got the cover tattooed on my torso by Shane Bonham. Yeah, Shane did do that's it. My fucking dude. <laughs> yeah, he obviously he, does pretty much all of mine. No shit, I know him through um, friends of friends. Like, like I like my like my old good friends. Like they grew up with Shane. I met him like a handful of times. Really, fun. dude, his tattoo. He's like really popular in Bucks County. Like he is yeah. the go-to guy. Turn around, show well, us your head. Almost ten years. Um, all right, hold on. Oh yeah, you got that. You got that new tat real quick, from what I remember. Is it is it visible? Mostly. That's well, so sick. How often do you slap awesome. that bad boy? <laughs> Oh man, it took a lot not to go like like you cut G and just like give him a big old <laughs> whack. <laughs> I thought Dude, about I, it so many times I, during I practice. Like, I fell asleep earlier on the leather couch and I was like sweating profusely, and I got stuck to the couch when I woke Jesus up. Christ, Tyler! And, like I put my hand on the back of my head and like it's still like black goopy ink like, pouring out of my skin. <laughs> <laughs> Disgusting. I'm probably going to shower after this. <laughs> that happened to me after I got a chemical burn one time, except mm. it was my pillow stuck to my hand. <laughs> chemical burns are fun. It was great. Yeah. Concentrated uh, degreaser from Domino's. Domino's? Good times. Dude, Shane. Oh, dude. Ask Shane when the world opens up. Ask Shane if he can hook you up with the Shamney Creek Brewing. That's also a sweet gig. He's. I think he's like, usually there doing gigs. Like uh, He just hangs out and shit. Like, he's a huge music freak. Um, yeah, I think. Wait, he he's been to like a couple of shows there. Yeah. Did you wait? And, you guys play in the Chamonix? Yeah, we haven't. Okay. Um, I forget what's his name. Jeremy, who was one of the owners of the Chamonix Creek, wanted to sign us to his label, but I don't even know if he's still doing that. Mm, I don't even know he has a label. Dudes on his label. But I appreciate you guys coming on the podcast. It was enjoying talking to you. I really look forward to seeing what uh, is going to be released in the near future. Um, and uh, 
please all of you stay safe especially with Matt tell Matt I said what's up and uh, hopefully we'll be talking soon maybe we'll see each other in person who knows that'd be awesome yeah it's likely thanks for having us man